Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hi, guys. Our episode today stems from a couple podcasts we've been on recently where we were asked about our biggest failure or the hardest thing we've ever gone through. We'll share that here today, too. But our story got us thinking, when should you fight for your relationship? Is there ever a time when you shouldn't? Yeah, welcome, y'all. I It was funny how that kept coming up, too, because it seemed like constantly they always asked like what our biggest struggle was. And it seem to always be kind of coming up in our world. And when things constantly come up in our world, we realize that it's probably something that we need to face. It's probably something that we need to talk about. So I'm going to be upfront and honest and say, this isn't necessarily something that I enjoy talking about because it was one of the most difficult times in my entire life. And I believe it was for Megan too, but it's important. It's important because if you find yourself in a place where you're having a relationship struggle, it can shake you to your core. And for us, just to give a brief background of our story, we got married in 2008, uh, December of 2008, actually. And very quickly, uh, in January of 2009, we moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's kind of where our, our married life began. And Megan worked a job that was very stressful, I couldn't find or secure a full-time job. The whole time in Texas, we, sh- we spent 14 months there, and it was just absolutely miserable. And then we moved to the Raleigh-Durham area where we still live today. But throughout all of that time, there was this undertone that we just didn't want to address. And I think it all stemmed back to the fact that we didn't really understand what it meant to be married We didn't really understand what it meant to be in an adult relationship. Sure, there were we we dated for a long time before we got married, but let's be real, if you're married, you know that dating is different than being married. And there's a lot of negative connotations when it comes to marriage versus dating. You know, like the spark goes away, all these things we've all heard. But really fast forwarding to the place that we came to, so we're in Raleigh. And around 2012, probably the fall of 2012, uh, Megan came to me and said, essentially, it's over. You know, I'm done. I I don't see any path forward here. And wow. (laughs) Even reflecting on it today, it can still kind of give me goosebumps because it was a defining moment in our life. And it was certainly a defining moment in my life. And really what it did at that point is it caused me to reflect because initially when she said it, there's shock, there's emotion, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of being upset. There's, and then there's a lot of blame on either, either way. But eventually, once all that calmed down, I kind of got to the place where I was like, okay, 
So this is the reality I'm living in. Because another thing I forgot to say is denial, (laughs) which is the big one. But I said, this is the reality that we're living in. This is the place where we're at. So how did I contribute to this? Because it's really easy to look at the other person and find their faults and find what's out, what's wrong with them. But what did I do to help contribute to this? And that led me to a really dark place because I had to reflect. I had to look in the mirror and say, well, something might be you know, wrong with me or there might be something that I'm not doing right. During this searching, I got to the place where I realized that I'd been living on autopilot for a really long time. I didn't really feel like I had to put forth much effort in our relationship because our relationship was always going to be there. I mean, me and Megan loved each other. I think even in this moment, we loved each other. The problem was we weren't in love with each other, or at least Megan wasn't feeling those feelings anymore. So then what do we do from there? And so in my time, in my struggle, in my reflection, I decided that I needed to take an internal look and see what I could do to change. Ultimately, understanding in that moment and even now that I couldn't change Megan. I couldn't make her change her feelings for me. I could change how I came forth in the relationship. I can change the attitude that I came forward with it. I could try everything in my power, which I did to win her back. But at some point she had to break down her walls and she had to let me in. Right. I definitely had some things to work on myself during this time. So like Brandon said, it was fall of 2012 and I was just, I was just over it. I just did not want to have anything to do with it. I was like, this is, this is not working. This hasn't been working. I feel so lost. I feel so uninspired in this relationship. And I think that, you know, for a long time, I was just like, I I wasn't interested in whatever he was trying to throw at me. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but he was trying every strategy and I just, I didn't want any part of it. But he was keep he kept trying and eventually in the spring of 2013 i was so mentally unwell about this whole situation that i accidentally ran a red light and hit a car and when i did that i had no idea that i was running a red light i thought they were hitting me i literally did not have a clue and as soon as that car crashed, man, the only thing i could think of was that i needed branded like that was the only thought in my whole head that I just had to get a hold of him if no matter what I needed him. And I started calling our office like a freak. I started, I called, I started out calling his cell phone. He didn't answer. I called his work, his work number. He didn't answer. I started calling every single coworker we had until I found, finally found someone to pick up the dang phone and get him. And he drove right to me. And that was really a turning point for us. And it sounds so dramatic. And I think kind of it was at the time because it was like a wake up call for me all this time. I had been, you know, pushing him away and pushing him away and not interested in one, in one thing that he was trying to do for us and for our relationship. And in that moment, like it was so crystal clear that like in my whole entire world, he was the one thing that I needed right in that moment when I was in so much pain and not physical pain. I was fine. So was the other person. We we were all okay, but I just was in so much pain and he was the one that I knew could fix it for me. And so that was really when we started rebuilding our relationship and it, and it took a long time. It took a long time, but that was the point where I knew 
that we are going to make this work. And it, and it was a lot of hard work and you have to be willing to put in the work, but there are definitely points in your relationship and there are definitely relationships that are worth saving. So why are we telling you all this? Why are we going through this? Why are we kind of opening up our own Pandora's box with all this relationship stuff? Well, there's a few reasons. One is that we know it can be helpful because I think so often you can look at people You can look at people like us. I mean, we're the Fools in Love podcast. You can look at people out in the world who have a relationship, maybe friends, family, celebrity, I don't know. But you can look at them and think, they have it all together. And I can't possibly do what they do. I can't possibly have that in my relationship. And you start to look at their perfect picture, and you start to see the cracks and flaws in your own. And when you start to see those flaws, especially compared to that perfect picture, they can be very bright and they're kind of hard to avoid. And so you might find yourself in a place where your relationship feels like it's at its end. Or you might find your place in some middle ground where you're willing to kind of put in some work, but you, maybe your partner's not being receptive. Maybe you don't know if it can be saved. Maybe you've just had some questions because... Me and Megan started dating when we were 17 and 18, so we have changed a lot. So like that does bring forth questions. It brings forth change. Or maybe you're in that third boat where you think everything's fine. You know, there's nothing crazy. There's nothing major. But you're living on autopilot, like we said. So now's the time to take a little bit of an internal look and figure out where you're at in your relationship. But... Our hope is that by sharing our struggles, sharing the things we went through, being open and transparent with y'all, that'll kind of open up your mind and allow you to think and assess your relationship. Now, one of the things I'll tell you right off the bat is at least for us, our experience taught us that at least one person is going to have to be willing to fight for the relationship if it's going to possibly survive. In our relationship, like Megan said, it was me. I was the one who fought for us. And I'm so glad I did because today we're happily married. We are happily married. We have two amazing kids. We have an amazing life, a life that wouldn't have been possible if we wouldn't have reflected, if we wouldn't have had this experience. Because many times, unfortunately, in our worst experiences and the place where we're brought down to our knees and we're in that worst moment, it can be the biggest learning experience if we allow it to. And we found out that, again, one of us had to be willing to fight for it. But things are still far from perfect over here because you got to throw that out, the idea of this perfect relationship. But the one thing we do know for sure is that our relationship is worth fighting for, that Megan is worth me fighting for, and that I am worth fighting for for her. So we've come up with a few instances where we believe that relationships are worth fighting for. And one of those is when you're just still good friends. We've been best friends for 16 years. And even during our darkest moments in our relationship, we've still remained friends. It's actually one of the harder things when we were going through tough times because the one person that we would have wanted to talk to was also the one person that we needed to talk about. But when the good things or bad things or just things happen, we're always the first person that we want to tell the other. And we believe that friendship is a really good foundation to use to build your relationship back up. 
Because if you're friends, you can fight for each other's happiness. If you're friends, you want to get back to a place where you can become more than friends. Yeah, and this is tough because when you become such good friends like we are, and we were then, the lines can get a little bit blurred. And you can almost start to live with your partner like they're a roommate, like they are a friend, like they're a buddy, and you treat it as such. But you don't treat your friend or buddy like you do your partner. At least you shouldn't. Because it's not the same type of relationship. There's more layers than you would have in that relationship. But when those lines start to get unclear, and you start to look at your partner as more of a friend than actually a romantic relationship, it can cause a lot of problems in your relationship. Because this person, you actually vowed to spend the rest of your life with. They're not a friend or a companion. So treat it as such. Use the happiness you have in a relationship to find a way back to the romance. You got to realize that something along the way has become broken and it's your job together to figure it out. Just as a side note, I remember during these difficult times, it just came to my mind as I was sitting here talking, Megan said she saw me as a friend and boy, talk about taking your breath away. But we got to a point where we were just like buddies. We were, we, sure, we were good friends. We loved each other, but she didn't feel the romantic relationship anymore. And so the caution here is that be good friends, yes, because you need a foundation to build from. If you're both sitting there and you can't have a conversation without one of you yelling at the other, or one of you can't sit down and have your pride put to the side and realize that you're there coming together to fix this, not to win. Because that's the hard thing. You can get stuck in that place where one or the other of you want to win, want to win the argument. But you're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to save a relationship. Okay, so now we know that when you're still good friends, it could be worth fighting for your relationship. And the next one we want to mention is that if one or both of you are still interested in making it work, that's a really good indicator that there's still hope and that you can make it work. So Brandon was able to keep the faith even when I was no longer mentally in the relationship. He was interested in making it work. And by showing me that no matter what he was in this thing, I was able to see his effort. And eventually my wall came crumbling down. And from there we built back up. Yeah. And it's much easier said than done to say that I I stuck with it because I don't want to sugarcoat it and say that it was easy because it wasn't easy. It was hard. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was in a really, really dark place. And it's hard to show up every day or most days with an attitude that you're going to make things in this relationship work. And then those feelings aren't reciprocated or even worse, they're ignored or they're pushed away because it's easy to say that you're going to decide to pursue her and it just worked. But the truth is I was pushed away a lot. I tried everything. I got worn down. I got angry. I got sad, but I knew at the end of the tunnel, I could see that little light and I knew it was worth it. And I'll be honest with y'all. I saw the faces of our kids in that moment. And I saw the future life that we could have if I could just break through and get to the other side. 
I knew it was worth saving, even if she didn't believe it was. I knew that if I put forth my effort, I saw it. And we're living it right now. (laughs) The reality is we're living it. We're living what I saw. But I had to put forth the effort. Megan had to break down her walls. But one of you has got to be willing to fight. It's not a quick fix. Man, is it not a quick fix. Nothing ever is. I mean, there's layers to your relationship. And just because things start to go well doesn't mean that you stop pursuing. You have to be willing to fight. You have to also be willing to do some self-reflection. Don't ever give up. Don't take your foot off the gas because things are going well. That's a mistake we make in every area of our lives. Things go well, we look at something else. We take our eye off the ball. And what happens when you take your eye off the ball? Bad things happen. Because you get complacent. You get complacent in your relationship and you stop being willing to fight. And then you somehow believe that it's not worth fighting for. Or you've talked yourself into the idea that it's not worth fighting for. But if one or the other you is willing, keep up that fight. And it is not going to be easy, but it is so worth it. Yeah, and I just want to point out one quick thing too. (laughs) Quick thing. It's a long process. We worked through this for a year maybe. It wasn't like Brandon did nice things for a few days and everything was fine. It wasn't even a few months and things were fine. This was a long, drawn-out process. So if you can't put it in for the long haul, you might not ever make that breakthrough. So you got to be prepared for that. Another thing that we think is really important and a good indicator of being able to fight for your relationship and win the thing is when you've chosen to forgive. So if you've chosen to forgive the other person for whatever they may have done, in or to the relationship, then you've got a good reason to fight and save your marriage. True forgiveness is tricky, though. It's more than one person saying, I'm sorry, and the other person saying, I forgive you. It's deciding that the future you have together matters more than the past grievances. It means you can't bring up the other person's sins every time you fight. It means you can't hold silent resentment for the rest of forever. If you choose to forgive, you've got to truly do it and move on and move forward in this thing together. If you can do that, you've got a really good reason to fight for this relationship. And as Meg was saying, I mean, you got to cut through what it truly means to forgive someone. Because here's what forgiveness isn't. And I used to have a a weird attitude when it came to forgiveness, but you aren't saying what what another person did is okay. You aren't forgetting that whatever they did to you in the relationship happened. You aren't simply accepting it as it is. Because this is the way I used to always look at forgiveness. Like I was letting someone get away with something or get over on me or get away with how they treated me. And it was like I was saying it was okay for someone to hurt me. And it's just a bad way to look at it. What you really need to figure out is, is this worth fighting for? Is it worth moving past the past to build toward the future? And it's not saying that you're not hurt or what the other person did in the relationship or you did in the relationship was right. It's saying... You're hurt, but even in that hurt, you want to work through it together. And it's also helped me to look at myself and my faults. And it's always easy to point the finger, as I said earlier, but there's two people in this relationship. So let's get real on the fact that both of you are at fault if things aren't going well. (laughs) It just is. It's tough to hear, but both of you are at fault. And frankly, it doesn't matter whose fault it is if you're trying to work on it and if you're trying to forgive the fault goes out the window. 
It doesn't mean you forget, but you've forgiven it and you move on. You don't bring it up every fight. You don't hold a tally mark in your head for where it was. This is not your ammo, okay? You're putting your ammo to the side. You're locking that in a safe and you're never touching that again because if you've truly forgiven someone, you got to give that up. You just got to give that up. So the fact that there's two people involved and now you know that you were at fault. And I know it's tough to hear and it's a hard pill to swallow, but start swallowing it. You have to have some grace because you've made mistakes too. So own them and then create an environment where the other person can own theirs. Because in forgiveness, it's going to open up the line for conversation that you have to have. And I can tell you how, I can't even tell you how many conversations me and Megan have had and still continue to have because forgiveness is a tough thing and you got to work through a lot of these issues and you got to get past it to get to a place where you can have a foundation to grow. And even today, when we talk about our past together, when we talk about just the things that have happened in our relationship, I would say that we're doing a really good job at actually talking them through and, and processing them together without it being somebody's fault or blaming or, or using that, as Brandon was saying, as ammo. We're not bringing that up and fighting. We're not saying, well, you did this you know, eight years ago and no, you did that eight years ago. We're never talking about it in that context. That's not what we're doing. We're talking about it calmly and as a way to process and heal together. If there's something you know weird that brings something up, then we'll talk about that together, but never in a way that's re-blaming or taking away the forgiveness that's already been, been given, taking away the healing that's already been done. We are never going backwards. We're only continuing to talk through anything together. And the next thing is just that when there's great love, respect, and honor for each other deep down, that's a really great foundation and a really good reason to keep going on this thing. If there are surface level problems, and even when there are deeper issues, you've still got to look to your very core. You've, get, you've definitely got some introspection to do. Do you still love the other person? Do you still respect them? Do you still want to honor them? When I had to ask myself these questions, I realized that I loved Brandon, I valued him and his opinions, and ultimately, I needed to start acting like it. I trust him 100%, and I always have. We found that with a strong foundation, we were able to build back the romance and the happiness to what was what had been broken. And just another thing we wanted to mention is just that another good time to fight for your relationship is when there's no abuse Nothing physical or emotional or mental or anything has gone on. But really, your communication and your coping need improvement. So if you are struggling in a relationship and there's any sort of abuse, this is not what we're talking about. That is the time to leave. That is not the time to fight for your relationship. That is the time to fight from your relationship. But if the things that are going on in your relationship are just communication, coping, there's been trauma in the relationship that is not of an abusive nature, these are the things that we're really speaking to today. So how do you fight for your relationship? Well, we've kind of touched on it, but we want to go through some things here. Talking through your issues is the number one thing. Initially for us, only I was ready to truly talk. Megan, she was checked out. But every so often, I'd continue to try lightly until one day she opened up and like she said, she broke down her walls. There's going to be a lot of talking through this process. You're going to have to be really comfortable with being honest and being vulnerable. Pride doesn't come into play here. Do you want to save this thing? 
do you truly want to? Then break down your walls, stop protecting yourself and open up to this person because if you want it to work, you're going to need full transparency. That's how me and Megan still live to this day. And we always tell people when they ask during our conversations, like, are you really that honest? Are you really that open? Yes. Like, because we've learned that even the smallest thing can cause the biggest wedge if you don't address it and move past it. You don't want a small thing to lead to resentment, anger. You don't want a small thing to lead to a place where you weren't willing to address it because you were uncomfortable and then it blows up later in your face. I've talked to too many people and talked to too many couples who don't want to have the conversation because they're afraid the person might leave or they're afraid they might get into a fight, which then might cause more of a strain in their relationship. But you're just ignoring the issue. And by ignoring the issue, it's never going to fix the issue. It's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. So you have to be willing to talk through your issues. And if you're not, there's not much else to say. Another thing is just to get help if you need it. You might not be able to get through this on your own. You might need a friend. You might need a therapist. Whatever you need is totally cool. And side note, you also might decide that individual or couples therapy is never going to work for you. Actually, we did go to therapy once, as in one session, one time. And we just looked at each other afterwards and we're like, I think... I think we're going to do this on our own. I think we can make this work. And that's exactly what we did. It took us one time to realize that this wasn't going to be our thing. And we just decided that in the end, we were worth fighting for it. And we were just going to figure it out. And man, we took it by the horns. And we figured this freaking thing out until we were in a place that was good. And we were ready to have kids and ready to be happy. And I don't know. There's just... There's so many ways to get help and you might be able to help each other through it and you might not. And no matter what you decide, as long as you're deciding it together, I think there's hope and there's healing in that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with needing that help just because that's not the path that we took. There's nothing wrong with that. There could be things that you're dealing with that we might never understand. And sometimes you're just unable to talk about those things, or maybe you just don't know how to talk through those things. But you got to be willing to have that conversation with each other, like Megan said, and come to a place that you're deciding that that is the best thing moving forward. Because if one or the other of you isn't open to it and isn't willing to open up in the process, it's not going to work. But don't ever feel like asking for that help is a weak thing. Because so often you can look at things and you can say, well, if I have to ask another person for help, if I have to ask a therapist for help, if I have to have a professional, like that's just, you know, that's not for me. And trust me, like, that's how I felt for my whole life. Like, I've always thought, hey, that works for other people. That's not going to work for me. But if you want to save your relationship, don't ever take anything off the table is what I would say. Be open to getting help if you need it. And one of the things we did throughout this process is just finding that spark again. We made things fun again. I said at the opening end of this that we got comfortable. We got complacent. I felt like I shouldn't have to do anything else, but we got to a place where we decided to bring the fun back in our relationship. Yes, we did. And listen, at first, when Brandon started trying to date me again, he would plan the dates and I would very reluctantly agree to them, but he still didn't give up you guys. And all of a sudden I found myself excited for our weekly date nights. 
And the best one that I remember is when he made me dinner and set up a fancy card table. Yes, a fancy card table. I said it (laughs) on our back porch. We danced, we talked, we laughed. And it's maybe the best moment that we even had during that whole hard time. And I will never forget it because it just meant so much to me that even though I was not a good human being at that point and I was a total mess and I was certainly not my best for him or myself, that he would go through all that effort and he would have me dance with him and cook me dinner on our back porch on a rickety card table because that's what we had out there at the time. And I will just remember that moment for the rest of forever. Right. And why did I do that? It's just really doing things to show that you care, even if they aren't reciprocated. Because what do you think the other person would want in that moment? They already aren't feeling it. So if you push them away, what do you think is going to happen? Or if you act like you don't care in that moment, what do you think is going to happen? It's about showing up every day. So you could clean the house. Heck, you could buy them a candy bar and leave it for them to find. It doesn't really matter what they are as long as you know that the other person would like them. And again, like Meg said, they might not be ready for you to do those nice things back, but that's fine. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And it's so difficult. And I know it's difficult. And I see y'all out there thinking about it. It is so difficult because trust me, I lived it. It's defeating and it's, it's, it's hard. But you got to see the end game. Like I said, you have to be willing to see that it's worth the effort. Another thing we do is just writing notes. We still do, do this to this day. And if you aren't to a place where writing a note to the other person is going to work and it won't be accepted by that other person, then write your thoughts down in a journal. And maybe one day you'll be able to share that journal with the other person. But even if not, even if the only thing it's going to be is just for you, it'll still help you process and you're going to see exactly what you're fighting for. So write the notes, try to give them to them. But even if you can't write the notes for yourself and save them, and maybe one day you'll be able to say, here's what I think of you. And here's what I've always thought of you. And the last thing we would say is just to pray, pray for your relationship and pray for your partner. I don't know what y'all's beliefs are, but we firmly believe in prayer. And I believe that it was a cornerstone to the saving of our relationship. Because in those times where I felt really defeated, in those times where I might have wanted to give up, when I prayed and felt the higher power of someone there with me through this fight, because I wasn't alone, and I could have felt alone, I could have definitely felt alone, because Megan was checked out, as we've already said. But when I prayed, it opened my mind It allowed me to meditate on my thoughts and really take a deeper look at where I was and where I wanted to be. It's, it made such a difference in that moment. So again, I don't know what your beliefs are, but we firmly believe in prayer. And so we couldn't have this episode. I mean, not to mention the true power of God and the relationship that I had, which got me through this difficult time because without him, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Because to say I had the power on my own is just, it's a lie. I didn't. I was in a very dark place. And through that dark place, the thing that energized me and gave me that energy was talking to God, relying on God, and getting through and and continuing to pursue Megan, even when I didn't want to. And guys, here's really the hardest part of this episode. There may come a day when you have to cut your losses. 
Thankfully, I got my dang head out of the clouds. I realized what an amazing partner I had in Brandon, and I let him back into my heart. But that's not always going to be the case, even if you try everything. The sad reality is that a lot of relationships end. Divorce is certainly prevalent in our world. No one else can really tell you the point at which to stop fighting for your relationship. But our hope is that by sharing our story, you'll be able to see a glimmer of hope in your own relationship if yours is struggling right now. Eight years ago, I told Brandon I was done. Today, we're the strongest and the best that we've ever been. Does that mean we don't fight, don't struggle? Not one bit. We still bicker and we're always going to be a work in progress. But now we've learned to come to each other with anything and everything. Well, you know, except for the minor annoyances of each other that are best just keep to ourselves. We've learned not to hold back conversations and feelings. We've learned to be open and honest. We truly believe that so many marriages are worth fighting for. It's not easy, so don't think it's going to be. It's hard work, and it's a long road. Things are not going to get fixed overnight. But if you can come out on the other side, all those hard times are going to be 100% worth it. So if you're in the storm like we once were, know that there's hope. Know that if you're willing to put in the work, a difference can be made. We live proof of it every day, and we hope we were able to encourage you. Feel free to DM us if you'd like. We're over at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to talk to y'all. Until next week, we'll see ya. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love Podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.